but but when you when you reach that breaking point what's the decision that you took like what were you feeling and then what's the decision that you made like, did it's, you did you decide uh, okay i'm gonna keep going or you're like i'm gonna take a breather what what, what did you make a decision on? it's it's actually a combination of both i would say like you know like i always i reached like burnout points like multiple times uh, in my career and i would always like you know like either um just like maybe like even like i would go like upstate to the mountains or something and relax for a bit or like you know like take take a vacation take a few days to um to disconnect and something like i've also like my parents raised me uh to always like you know like um, if you face challenges uh, you have to face them the nobody's famous podcast All right, guys, and we are back on the Nobody's Famous podcast. We have a very, very interesting and unique show today. And today, my guest is Abdul Azim Atouhi. What a pleasure to have you, buddy. How's it going? A pleasure is mine. It's going well. How are you? Thank. I'm good. Thank you so much. So I, I, I just want to start off by saying very quickly that uh, this is the first time we are probably going to talk about. Uh, finance, trading, platforms, all this type of stuff. Um, and it's, it's, uh, uh, I want to say it's exciting for me personally. Um, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very excited to learn from you and I'm sure all mm-hmm. the audience is as well. Um, I'm going to start off with a quick intro of you. So you, uh, you know, I asked you to send me your bio and, um, I wanted to read it back to you, you know, I want to read it back yeah. to you and see what you. And how does it sound when somebody else is reading it? So, so hopefully, hopefully not too cocky or nervous. No, 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 no. <laughs> I think I think it's uh, I think it's you'll you'll notice that it's very humble as I as I read it. Um, so Abdul Azim is native of Cairo. Early in 2020, he co-founded the Ticker app, which allows users in the UAE to invest in U.S. stocks with no minimums. His experience spans analytics, marketing, and process engineering. He has a bachelor's in business economics and a master's in business analytics. Damn, that's a lot of words to say. Um, And during his (laughs) free time, he enjoys painting, reading, meeting new people, and following the latest in public and economic policies. Um, There's a lot to unpack there, um, definitely. And and Mm. there's a lot of things that uh, uh, that, that, uh, that I want to discuss. But before I jump into everything there, I want to ask you this simple question. What's the lasting thing you think people will take away from this show, you know, speaking to you? Uh, Last thing I would say, it's just like, you know, like um, a lot of uh, random things about me. I think like um, Mm. my experience so far, it's been like, you know, like like very uh, non-restrictive and very diverse. Um, You know, like um, I'm a person, for example, who enjoys art and history, public policy and economics. And like, you know, like I'm also like, um, I geek on like analytics and like, you know, like enjoy like finance and, you know, like, um, uh, you know, like processing, uh, like process, like improvements and so on. So it's definitely like, you know, like I, uh, depends how, um, how deep we go into things, but it's just going to be like, you know, like a lot of, um, uh, different angles about me. Okay. Awesome. It sounds like that's going to be a very wide spectrum, um, mm-hmm. which, which obviously is great because you know, I think the finance, uh, finance side, the trading side, it's very heavy also on the mind. So, so, and the technical mm-hmm. side, but, but I do want to touch on that. And, and before okay. I get into all of the financial side, mm-hmm. uh, Abdul Azim, I really want to start off a bit about you, like in your own words, um, just talking about how you've got to where you are right now. And, and then we'll, mm-hmm. we'll take it from there. Okay. So as I said, I'm a Cairo native, um, um, uh, like my family's from Cairo, I lived there. Uh, then in 2013, I moved to the U.S. Uh, for college. Uh, I started initially uh, business and economics for my undergrad. Then I did my uh, master's in business analytics. Uh, personally speaking, like uh, going off that, like if you asked me 10 years ago uh, what you'd like to do, I would probably said architecture or something. But I, I chose like a completely uh, more like numerical and business uh, route. Um, so I all like, you know, like it all started in Cairo. Uh, then uh, I think like, you know, like studying in the U.S. was a big shock, was like, you know, like it was a big step. Um, uh, like it was like a big, like it was like uh, stepping outside my comfort zone, initially being away from my family, being away uh, from anyone I know. Like, uh, like initially I remember 
Um, I was on campus. I barely had any friends, didn't know anyone. Then you start meeting people and you start meeting people from like every, every, every side of the world. Then it broadens your spectrum. Uh, then that was like, I think like a big shock uh, in my life. That was like in 2013, 2014. Then the second shock when I started working in New York in uh, 2017, it was a big like uh, step up. Um, uh, New York was a brutal place. Uh, it's like everyone is very competitive. Everyone is the best uh, in their field. Uh, so if like, you know, like say in Cairo, I was like, you know, like um, relatively good in school mm. in New York, everyone was good. So sometimes it gets, it gets scary, it gets overwhelming. Then also was like the transition. Um, right now I'm like, you know, like, yeah, I'm still in the US. I'm outside the school uh, environment outside. I'm outside the university environment, but I have to prove myself in the work environment. Like that my life all of a sudden wasn't outlined for me. Um, and like, personally speaking, my relationship with New York was like, um, a very um, love-hate relationship. Like it's similar to Cairo in a way, uh, but like, yeah, like some days I actually like completely loved it. I'm like, oh, New York is the best city ever. And other days I was like, I hated it. And I was like, you know, like I was like, I can't wait till the day I leave. But it's, uh, it was like, you know, like looking back at it, it's like, it was like uh, very, very rewarding. I met a lot of great people. I grew professionally, personally. And I wouldn't be like where I am today if it wasn't actually for my professional experience in New York and all the challenging, uh, all the challenging, uh, all the challenges I had to go through. I, I think uh, I think like the you know the the, the your journey definitely it resonates with a lot of people. I mean, uh, in, in the way that people experience that new like the inflection point in their lives. I mean, I mm-hmm. I had the same. I mean, when I when I was in Spain, like when I, when I went to mm-hmm. Beirut and I studied. It's not the same mm-hmm. type of feeling because, I mean, I'm Lebanese, so going to study in my country yeah. is very, you don't, you do meet people from different uh, spectrums for sure, you know, but mm-hmm. um, I think the, uh, to touch on the point that you said about, about uh, meeting very different types of people that already really, mm-hmm. really, really kind of struck me even more when I, when I studied in Spain. And I think, I think that's mm-hmm. where you start to learn. I mean, I wasn't in class with people who've bought and sold companies already. And, and for me, that was mm-hmm. something that um, I could not imagine someone in the same, you know, age or generation as me doing that. I could not, I was still not in that mm-hmm. uh, kind of mindset that at such a young age, you could do that. I mean, I was not right. brought up in a very, like I was not brought up in an accelerator, as they say. I mean, for, for <laughs> me, things, I was taking them as they go. And it was very different for me, the experience that mm-hmm. I had. So, so um I, I think like your your journey really uh, you kind of had that accelerator uh, type feeling, especially when you got to New York. You were thrown into this, mm-hmm. you know, this is a reality check kind of thing. And and right. a bit about because you mentioned both of the both of those cities. That's where you know I wanted to touch on the photos that you sent me, uh, which I really mm-hmm. love that you did. You know, I, I've I've asked people to send me. Sometimes I ask them to send me things. It's either a photo of them or maybe something that they like. Um, till now you've been um, one of the few people who've sent me a, a picture like that uh, of, of Cairo side by side with New York. Um, mm-hmm. Tell me, how, tell me just, I want you to visualize how both these cities kind of shaped or developed you as a person. Mm-hmm. So Cairo is like, you know, like the first city I remember, uh, you know, like from like my childhood or anything like, so like, I think my memory like started developing there um, and both cities are brutal. Let's let's uh, say it that way. Uh, both are hectic. Both are like you know like more than more than like fifteen million people live in both cities. Uh, the difference is like New York is more hectic, more challenging. Cairo is like more on the chill side. Uh, chill side, like from like a li- uh, from a lifestyle and culture. This okay, is what I because mean. I was what it's I was actually like... a very it's a very <laughs> yeah because I saw your face I was like no it's a very hectic city like you get stuck in traffic it's like cars honking all day. Uh, you know, yeah. it's like, it's, um, it's, um, a lot of people, like I, I have a lot of friends, like for example, like Lebanon or Jordan, or like even the USB, like, man, Cairo is like a different animal. It's, <laughs> it's yeah. like, a, yeah. Yeah. people like, you know, like cross the streets, uh, everywhere. Like, you know, like there's no traffic laws, uh, honks, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, um, it's a completely like, uh, in a way like beautiful and hectic, uh, in its own way. Um, in Cairo, I really appreciated the architecture, um, Unfortunately, it's um, a lot of buildings have been like, you know, like destroyed in the last 10 years, but going around uh, until now, I think if you go around in 
neighbor in like in downtown Cairo, you can see like a lot of you can see a lot of um, beautiful buildings and beautiful architecture styles from like uh, classical European to Islamic to um, Art Deco, and it was like very very like mind blowing. And Cairo, in my opinion, uh, is like one of the richest cities in in terms of architecture. Um, yeah. Then New York is like similar in its own way. It's like noisy. It's crowded. Um, it's it's more compressed, I would say. Um, and the love hate relationship in, in in both cities, it's like I remember, like you know, like uh, when I was like in the school bus, like you know, like um, uh, ten years ago, I would be like, man, I can't wait to leave this place. Mm -hmm. um, and it's like sometimes, like even when I went to the U.S., I could finally actually see how 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 many hours of my day um, were wasted in a commute. And this is something I really like could notice uh, in the first like few months. Uh, New York is um, it's very it's a very rewarding place. Uh, you meet people from everywhere. As I like, I, I have like friends now, like from New York and even like from Miami beforehand. I have like friends in Venezuela. I have friends in uh, Colombia and like um, uh, Saudi everywhere. So that was like definitely like a very good experience meeting everyone from like every corner of the globe. Um, then professionally, um, it was just New York is even like a different animal when compared to the U.S. It's more competitive. So uh, being my Cairo, my Egyptian self, it was like something I'm not used to. But both cities, they might seem different, but they're actually uh, very similar in my experience. Yeah, I think it's very interesting to say that, um, especially, especially obviously living there versus um, either traveling there or not mm -hmm. really experiencing what it is. For me, like, I can't, I can't relate to Cairo because I've, I've personally mm -hmm. haven't been. I've been to New mm -hmm. York, but it's only ever been either um like a quick exchange program or i've traveled like mm -hmm. for 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 vacation which i, I mean i absolutely love um mm -hmm. exploring the city i'm very much an urban person but i think that doesn't come close to actually understanding how how people live there mm -hmm. and and especially not the work environment and i think that's um i think that can break a few people you know it can break a few people in Definitely. terms of the, the and it, the, it broke me personally yeah. <laughs> for, for a bit yeah it was it was like a breaking point I reached like, I the breaking point multiple times, but uh, you have to come back and like stand in your legs. It's like how you uh, handle the situation. And it's like, I think I've grown uh, that way from like, you know, consistent, like challenging uh, challenges and like, you know, like uh, uh, consistent, like breaking points. But, but when you, when you reach that breaking point, what's the decision that you took? Like, what were you feeling? And then what's the decision that you made? Like, did you, did you decide, uh, okay, I'm going to keep going? Or you're like, I'm gonna take a breather. What 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 did you make a decision on? It's it's actually a combination of both. I would say like you know like I always I reached like burnout points multi, like multiple times uh, in my career, and I would always like you know like either, um, just like maybe like even like I would go like upstate to the mountains or something and relax for a bit, or like you know like take take a vacation, take a few days, to um to disconnect. And something like I've also like my parents raised me uh, to always like you know like. Um, if you face challenges, uh, you have to face them. So oh. uh, this is something, yeah, I, I, I personally, um, and this is like um, something that has grown in, in, in me like over the years is like, uh, if I'm like faced with an obstacle, it's better to face it and get over it. And so far, so far, that's what I've been doing. Um, if, if, if whenever I faced any obstacle in life, I, I was like, okay, maybe I want to quit. Maybe I want to give up. But first, I need to get over this. This is this is how I personally look at things. I think it's very interesting because um, maybe advice parents might give it might be I wouldn't say misinterpreted, but be interpreted uh, in in um, in your uh, let's say you might think that it means something, but but it's like uh, you could be there's a challenge, and I wouldn't say like or there's an obstacle. You don't need to face that challenge now or it's not worthy of your time but i think mm -hmm. uh, what you said about how your you know parents said that you should um if there's a challenge you should face it i think this is uh, such a great um kind of uh it, it's great and it's also difficult to do i, I don't want to say it's it's, it's definitely yeah. a positive thing only mm -hmm. it's definitely has a lot of tough negative side to it is that you you know you mm -hmm. have to you, you pressure uh, yourself suck it up yeah you suck <laughs> it up and you pressure yes. yourself mm -hmm. and you you know and i think I think this is also, I think it's coupled now, this is where I want to get into the finance part of it, because I, I, I think this is coupled with your analytical brain. And this is what I want to, I want to kind of ask you about. So, so 
because to be in finance is mm-hmm. to is to understand there is this type of challenge with numbers numbers don't lie you make a trading mistake you make <laughs> you make a miscalculation you know that could cost you your job you know there's some other some are other industries i'm not talking about construction and i'm not talking about like mm-hmm. health industry i'm talking about some other industries if you make a mistake here and there maybe it's not mm-hmm. as you know as as devastating but i think with trading mm-hmm. finance there's a certain level of challenge that you must meet and you must be very diligent so so getting into that i want to i want to understand what goes through your mind so before i get into uh, you know your your businesses mm-hmm. what goes through your mind when when you're looking at data like when you're analyzing data does it overwhelm you at first or do you do you know like you go and you're like this is normal i know what to do now that's uh, uh, it's a great question personally i would say i would try to uh, i like to, to deeply analyze uh, data whether it's financial whether it's like you know like just uh, normal like economic data for example um in in for finance for example if i'm like trading i would look into maybe like depends like you know like on my goals if my goal is like short term I would look into like uh, volume for example. So if you look at the trading mm. volume of a specific day, you could see uh where where that where, where the stock is headed. Um and at the same time you could also like see um use like you know like buying data or like you know like even like you know like candle chart sticks, uh candlestick uh, charts uh to do that. Uh from a long-term perspective, if you look like you know like at earnings, you look at like you know like revenue growth and you check like the earning reports. Um, uh, fundamentals I guess. Essay. Yeah, that's that's more analytical and like you know like you see like you know like where the market is headed and news about like you know like the specific equity or stock. Um and 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 you make like you know like your your decision based on that. Uh but yeah, on other stuff, I would say if you if you do like something every day whether whether it's like you know like um um marketing analytics or financial uh data modeling or like you know like even like economic like modeling I've, I've done that in undergrad. uh it's 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 overwhelming at at the beginning and it's very challenging and like sometimes you're like um uh, like uh, how can i do that because i remember like when i when i first started like you know like with uh, data analytics and like you know like dealing with large data sets uh i i i would say like when that's like back in school i would like sit down and do a homework and be like man um i can't figure this out mm-hmm. uh i feel overwhelmed i feel challenged is this the right even like you know measure for me am i up to this but after a while um and like you know like you feel like you know like you you learn and there is um i think it's a graph like sometimes you're like under the graph then at certain point you meet it and then you exceed it uh that's like my experience so far uh, with analytics and with like things in general um so yeah like i i think it's um it's it's overwhelming at the beginning then with time you get used to it and like you know like you uh, eventually figure it out I think that's very it's very uh, interesting the way that you say it. I mean, I want to um I want to say like personally I do I do trade for example a bit of um a crypto here and there. I do understand mm-hmm. the words, I do understand um all the technicals. But I think what's mm-hmm. interesting that you mentioned there um is it, it I just sparked into me now uh, thinking about mm-hmm. is that in school you get thrown a lot of huge or university you get thrown a lot of huge um projects big research mm-hmm. all that type of stuff it doesn't compare mm-hmm. obviously to to the work environment but a lot of that prepares you for um for kind of the work uh, the work environment but i think what's important to remember is maybe somebody like might be watching this might be thinking if finance also isn't right for me and i i think from some of my per- my friends and personal experience mm-hmm. i see them maybe they were not the best you know they didn't get the best grades in school you know mm-hmm. but but because exactly what you said is they kept at it they kept uh, working at mm-hmm. on the analytics they kept working on certain things you just naturally become better and then when you reach your you know when you're at work you might learn from a mentor or something you you get better and that's kind of mm-hmm. my personal experience with because finance also doesn't get into my head like it's not mm-hmm. i mean when i talk about I'm, when i say finance i meant like trading and stop loss mm-hmm. and uh, you know limit orders like all that kind of stuff orders, yeah. yeah and options derivatives all that stuff it doesn't get into my mm-hmm. head but i realized from some of my limited experience uh, trading over the past few years because i was 
looking at it all the time and practicing mm -hmm. and just understanding that I'm not going to get this in one week. It's going to take me some mm -hmm. time. Of course. Yeah, that, uh, that definitely, uh, I think that's a very great uh, way that you explained it. Um, mm -hmm. the, 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 so I wanna, now I want to get a bit into your entrepreneur stuff. Uh, but before that, what what does it mean? What does it take to be a Six Sigma certified greed belt? What's what's the so what's the... <laughs> did I mention that in my in my bio? I mean, I, I mean this this I found out, I found out through some other ways, you know. So I found out that oh, you're okay. a Six Sigma certified green belt. But but what is that like? What is that first? At first, I thought that meant you you're certified in networking, which is the six degrees of separation theory. And I was like, no, that's I not it. Even know, I don't even know what that is. So well, well, that is it's basically like it's a theory that you know we in the world we live only six six uh, contacts away from uh somebody you know of uh, somebody that uh, might be a celebrity or so. you always live six six contacts away so i might know you you might know somebody you know uh that is actually i don't know true, it, yeah, might, I it might be elon musk or something you know what i mean like it's, i wish man yeah so it's, <laughs> it's basically that's the theory is that we live at least six six um degrees of separation between people but I, I was like is that it is he a networking professional and then i was like no that's it's yeah. something even more than that no, you're it's, it's, you're it's, a math it's genius a <laughs> uh, i wouldn't say it's math it's like more like uh, process oriented and like okay. you know like uh, numbers oriented um so to get to to be like a six sigma green belt certified you have to do a lot of process in movement um uh projects and who, uh, like the people who invented like Six Sigma, they were like the Japanese initially, I think in Toyota and all of that. Then like the father of Six Sigma is uh, uh, Mr. Demings, uh, who worked like, you know, with Toyota, for example, to improve their supply lines. And like, you know, like in the 70s and 80s, when the Japanese car industry, I remember uh, this like, you know, like bombarded, bombarded, like, you know, like the US market, it was like mo mostly like based on uh, Six Sigma uh, principles. To personally to get my certification was like uh, when i was in college i worked with uh and it's just like similar to the japanese way actually you start with a champion belt then a green belt uh then a black belt uh so i worked under like a mentor um his name is like howard gitlow he's like a, a big name in uh, six sigma and in process improvement um we did like a consulting project together uh it was in a hospital and it was like mostly focused and reducing wait times and like making like the process as lean as possible. Now I remember it because yeah, I've studied yeah, it. Part, I've studied now I've remembered. <laughs> I've remembered. Yeah. yeah. So it was like a lot of collecting like data, like firsthand, like doing charts and so on. Uh, but it's more like, you know, like from, from an industry uh, standpoint, I think it's more like um, uh, prevalent in manufacturing or uh, uh, healthcare, like actually in the U S specifically yeah. uh, a lot of like hospitals, a lot of pharma companies actually, uh, they, 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 they utilize like six Sigma methodologies to manage their processes and like, you know, like make them better and like, you know, like, um, improve them, like, you know, like in the long term. Yeah. I think, I, I think the green belt part was what threw me off now. Now I, now I remember <laughs> I, I, because I've, I've heard it before I've done a bit of study on it. So I, I do, I think this is a very, very, very specific and very specialized, you know, kind of, um, mm. thing to pursue. And I think, uh, um, the fact that, um, you know, you can improve these processes, make operate like the operation faster or more efficient. Um, I think mm -hmm. that's something that requires a lot of detail, a lot of, uh, a lot of trial and error and, you know, checking everybody's, you know, what are they doing in the, mm -hmm. in that chain, you know? So I think it's, it's pretty awesome. Um, yeah. let me, let me actually tell you a funny thing about that. So my, my, my mother is a doctor and uh, she hates consultants whenever they come to a hospital and like they mandate like do this or do that. So one time I was like, oh, actually, I actually did that at some point. Be like, oh man, you're I, I hate your people. So it's like a, coming from, from your mother, exactly, exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Coming from your mother. Um, so here, here I wanna I wanna get into the ventures, and I just want you to clarify it a bit for me because as I was checking a, a, uh, some of the the. Um, information I was a bit mm -hmm. maybe a bit confused so you mm -hmm. have a venture called ticker and you have a venture called eBursa but yet they're related right so uh, so uh, so let me let me tell you the story so right now as of this week we're still like eBursa eBursa is the the learning uh, the owning entity we're rebranding as ticker so uh, when when this episode is is, <laughs> is is like you know like online it's gonna be uh, known as ticker uh, we're right now working on like, you know, like releasing our V1 of the app, which is a stock market simulation. 
uh, we're right right now we're in the testing phase. Uh, so once once that's ready to the to the to the mass market, we're gonna like officially um, rename our our app or our project as Ticker. Because actually, this is also like you know like uh, backed by data. So when I first got to the UAE, mm. uh, uh, Ali and I, like the other co-founder, uh, we picked Eborsa when I was in New York. Then I got here. People be like, "Man, Eborsa is heavy. Uh, we want like an app that sounds cool." Uh, then we decided okay. on Ticker, yeah, and it's coming from the Ticker device, uh, yeah. so it's also like stock market related. So uh, we, we decided we decided to do that, but like, yeah, apologies, apologies about the confusion. <laughs> no, no, I think it's I think it's great because I think this is this again it touches a lot on how you as an entrepreneur, uh, along with your co-founder, how you make a shift to to um, because the, your premise, like the premise of your trading platform, is that anyone can. Can trade and anyone can trade in mm -hmm. U.S. stocks. So I think it's very interesting that you, you know, I asked that question because it shows that you are, I want to say, maybe shifting to something so it doesn't sound super technical. Maybe is that is that super you, technical yeah. or scary or uncool? Or yeah, yeah, That's yeah, yeah. Basically, uh, yeah, the feedback yeah. we got. Okay, yeah. which is which is I think yeah. this is great because I I do have a question later about the challenges that you faced. So mm -hmm. I think this is I'm glad that you mentioned this. And 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 again, going back to the premise of your trading mm -hmm. platform. Uh, it's the premise is that you know it's an easy way to trade and it's an easy way to trade U.S. stocks from the UAE. So, mm -hmm. for, firstly, how how my first question is how how do you receive that type of permission to, to trade U.S. stocks here in the UAE? Like from a licensing perspective, from a permit perspective, mm -hmm. what does that what does that entail? Uh, so you need a license. You need a license to deal with retail clients. Uh, right now, we're in the licensing process with um, with the DFSA, which is the regulatory arm uh, of the DIFC, the Dubai International Financial Center. Um, and and we're still in the process. It's definitely like a lengthy process. It's uh, very very bureaucratic. You have to submit a lot of paperwork. You have to explain a lot of things in like you know like um, in a business plan and like you know like how you plan to acquire users, how you plan uh, to hold their money. So it's like it's a lot of pain points, honestly, and I didn't expect it to be uh, this complicated when I started. Then uh, from the U.S. side, you have to do like a lot of like anti-money AML compliance and like, you know, like a lot of due diligence. And um, uh, you have to make sure the person who's investing with you is actually uh, is actually like, you know, like uh, licensed or like, you know, like compliant with U.S. regulation okay. in terms of investing. So, so, so like you're doing like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so you're doing KYC on both sides, like it's a we do KYC on both sides. So that's yeah. the that's the interesting part. It's like a complex uh, situation, a little bit. Yeah, I just I just think like for me the why I'm asking this question because I thought that the, the the that premise. I mean, what's what makes Ticker so different than? So that's my my other question. What's the unique selling mm -hmm. point? What's your unique selling point? Is it because it's easy trading? Is it because it's mm -hmm. access to U.S. stocks? Because, for example, you could go to any bank, for example, here in the UAE, and they can give you that exposure. I'm not talking about mutual mm -hmm. funds. I'm talking about yeah. uh, there stocks. is a trading desk, and they can give you the stocks, and you can choose, and so on. So what's um, – is it just because – and I, I, I don't maybe have the names of apps off the top of my head, but I'm sure that there are apps that will exist here. There so are apps. In a way – yeah, exactly. So you know better than me. You've, I'm sure you've done your competitor analysis, your research. So what's, I think maybe I rephrase my question completely. What's okay. the, why do you want to jump into a red ocean, as they say? Why, why are you jumping it's, into that? It's definitely like there's a lot of red lining and there is a lot of challenges. But let me, let me, let me, let me run you briefly why we're entering that space. So uh, there's a lot of players in the market. They're mostly like operate from overseas. None of them is compliant in the UAE. For example, eToro, for example, they're based out of Cyprus, trading 212, I believe they're in Bulgaria um, and others. Uh, then locally in a bank, there is a lot of friction to invest as a, as a young, as a young uh, investor or like as a like, you know, like um, someone who maybe like wants to test out like, you know, like how to invest. Like, you know, like you ha only have like $5,000 or even like less. And we ticker the, 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 the vision of ticker is to let anyone invest any amount in the stock market. And we even started this before the boom in retail trading in uh, in 2020. Um, yeah, I first like you know like came um, came across like you know like this uh, challenge or dilemma in the investing space in the in the region. For example, when I was in Egypt, when I turned 18, I wanted to open a bank account. 
in Egypt, you can't open a bank account without your uh, one of your uh, parents' permission yeah. until 21. Yeah, yeah, until 21. So um, any any activity I had to do through a bank uh, required my dad to be present with me. When I went to the U.S., um, when when I was opening a bank account, um, uh, the banker asked me, uh, "Do you want to open an investing account?" I was like, "Sure," and it was like super easy. They just like you know like took my details. Bam, I could invest. Uh, there were like commissions back then. Uh, that was like before like the era of Robinhood, uh, commission-free yeah. investing. But it was like there was like way less friction. You like invest any amount. You can like invest through your mobile app. That didn't exist, or uh, or yeah, it didn't exist back then in Egypt or like most of uh, most of like you know like Arab countries. You have yeah, you, you typically have to go through a bank, uh, which uh, requires like a minimal investment, and typically uh, you pay like a lot per transaction. Uh, ticker comes in to reduce the friction. We enable everyone to invest whatever amount they wish. Uh, we're also minimizing costs. Uh, we're gonna like operate on a, a very competitive cost structure. That's mostly like mostly like users wouldn't be paying like uh, much at all uh, per trade. And we give them like trading in a very uh, easy easy to digest way. We're, we're an educational platform as well. Right now we're developing our uh, learning materials. We're trying to make like you know like. Um, people to understand, uh, you, you mentioned, for example, you struggle with uh, limit orders and uh, stop limits. We have all of that, like, you know, like in an easy uh, to follow learning modules, uh, that will be like part of our app. It will be, it's like on the, our website right now, ticker.io. Um, so we're coming in to, to reduce the friction uh, in the retail investment space in the region. And, and this is also like, you know, like looking at the industry trends worldwide uh, in the US, um, uh, there's a lot of like, you know, like reports coming out, like out of 2020, uh, because of COVID, a lot of people uh, started putting more money in the uh, stock market. I was just going to say, yeah, 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 yeah. In the stock market, because like for, for two reasons, the stimulus part, a lot of people found like, you know, like, oh, I'm, I'm at home. Um, I lost my job, but I'm, I'm making well. some money on the stock market. Yeah, the yeah. stock market is rallying. The other side, people are actually working, but they're spending less. They got like their, their summer vacations canceled. I have like maybe like two, two. Yeah, they have more disposable income. Invest. Yeah, exactly. So there is a boom in all retail investment apps, whether it's like you know like the the uh, millennial uh, app, which is Robinhood, or like you know like E-Trade or uh, TD Ameritrade. Um, so yeah, it's definitely like a hot area, and I think there is a there is a big bag, a big gap to fill in the region, and and there are like other platforms who are trying to do the same thing um, um, in Dubai actually, or in the UAE. So it's um, it's um, definitely like the competitive landscapes. Like when I first got here, uh, I, I didn't expect uh, to see like, you know, like uh, people trying to do the exact same thing. But yeah, we're, we're different. We're like more educational and, and, and like our experience to me and Ali, like we're, um, we have like, we had like firsthand experience in the industry. Um, so it differentiates us a bit, but like, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's mostly to reduce the friction um, in the retail investment space in the UAE. Then in the wider region, hopefully, our vision is to expand yeah. to uh, the GCC and like the rest of uh, countries in uh, the Middle East, North Africa region. I think you explained this like really well. I think my, this was like a uh, when I was trying to ask you the question, my the way I would wanted to ask it completely changed. And I, I just mm -hmm. wanna I, I wanna go on to my next question, but I wanna ask you. I just wanna respond actually, not mm -hmm. ask. I wanna respond to two things here because. Um, Again, uh, definitely, there's a lot of, you know, this is a like a cutthroat kind of field to be in 100%. because you know it's all about it's all about the fees, maker taker, all that kind of stuff, and mm -hmm. and uh, commissions and all this and finances. It's it's brutal in the way that the market moves. Um, but I want mm -hmm. to respond in two ways: is one positive and one negative. Which is, mm -hmm. I'll start with the negative first. The negative part is. And this is not dire, this is not to ticker or any. I'm talking about investing in general. I think the negative side mm -hmm. is, you know, how easy it was for you in the states when the, you know you got asked, do you want to open an investing account? The mm -hmm. the downside to that is that you might be being exposed to a risk appetite that you're not really sure what your risk appetite is. People might 100%. think, oh, I'll take out a loan or I can buy this with a credit card, all that kind of stuff. I wouldn't say it, this is when I say negative. I'm saying. Just, I'm not saying it in a bad way. I'm just saying a that drawback, there is a, yeah. it's maybe maybe a drawback or it's something that is you need to be careful about. I wouldn't say it's a negative. 100%. Thing. I just think I just want to make it like very clear, like as a disclaimer mm -hmm. to you know to people who are listening, is that you know mm -hmm. 
the best thing, one of the best things you could probably do is invest in yourself. Okay. Mm -hmm. But also invest for your future. And, and one of the, the ways you could totally. do that is obviously uh, put your money in a safe place where it can grow. I'm not talking about day trading, all that kind of stuff, but oh, yeah. um, so I'm saying definitely there's, there's a drawback to opening a risk appetite, because if you feel like you're mm -hmm. doing well, you might, like, Oh, we'll do some more. I may put some more. We'll do more. Yes. It's part of that. Mm -hmm. But here's the, here's the positive side. And I think mm -hmm. what's, what's, what may be lacking or where we can, you know, I think part of what your, your platform is trying to do is I think it's very important to, to educate, um, young people very quickly. It's very important to educate mm -hmm. young people very quickly that if you invest now, it mm -hmm. doesn't matter how much, how like, it doesn't matter how, how the market's going to move in the future, because the earlier you start, the larger you can grow your house money, as they say, you can grow like, your, yeah, compounding yeah, and all your that. Com yeah. yeah, you compound your, your, mm -hmm. your money, or if you, you dollar cost average your way into the market and you kind mm -hmm. of, build you know build a, a a nest egg in the market it doesn't matter if one mm -hmm. day there's a crash it doesn't matter because 100 you would have mm -hmm. invested 10 years ago it doesn't matter if a crash happened in year 2028 or something because your money already you've already made money you've already lost in the profits so to say so i think this is mm -hmm. i think it's very important that um you guys are focusing on on educating people, mm -hmm. uh, reducing the friction, but also educating young people. So they don't fall into this trap of, you know, uh, you know, they trade a bit and then they lost money and now they have to take out a loan and it becomes this mm -hmm. whole spiral of debt and stuff like that. I think we're very lucky here that we don't have these, 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 uh, you know, major scenarios, but I think it's very important for people here to kind of learn that, uh, no, process. Sure. So, so this is just me responding to, to what you said. Yeah. I think, <laughs> yeah. Or, and, uh, yeah and and full disclaimer we don't encourage anyone like to take loans and uh, mm -hmm. we're gonna only accept payments out of like you know like a bank account no I credit see. card yeah, payments yeah, like yeah, accepted yeah. and and we, we're not advocating for uh, high risk uh, investments we're not adding options we don't advocate day trading personally as a as an investor i i believe uh, long-term investing is is the key with the compounding even if you do like small gains on uh, on a day, on daily trading basis and like from daily trading um, you can see, like for example, you could have made uh, money when Square uh, the Square stock uh, increased from like sixty to seventy, but right now it's two hundred. So yeah. Uh, yeah, think don't don't look in the short term, look at the longer term. And actually, uh, answering your question about like you know like or your point addressing your point about risk appetite, uh, we're actually gonna offer uh, a risk questionnaire that like you know like uh, helps like you know like our our clients to know themselves and like you know like. Uh, uh, align their 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 risk profile with their investment goals. So we're we're fully like you know like um, uh, getting into this business to help people like grow their money. Uh, we're not like you know like other like some platforms for example uh, the open the open the open accounts for users in like uh, the region. They give them access to leverage to a lot of yeah. high risky yeah. uh, to a lot of risky investments and and people like end up losing their money. Uh, this is not the case with us. Like you'll be able to invest in stocks. Um, uh, if you don't know much in trading, you can go through like our like you know like learning modules, uh, check your risk profile. Um, but like from like um, uh, uh, from a trading perspective, like all the big stocks, for example, tech stocks, they're doing fine. So if you invest in that, like if you invested in like um, I would say maybe like uh, Facebook a year ago was I think like maybe uh, one seventy was like one seventy recently. Uh, right now it's over two hundred. So it's 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 good to see. Uh, smart investment or passive investing, uh, uh, kicking in and like, you know, like, yeah, I was uh, say. Yeah. yeah, gaining momentum. Uh, and at the same time versus a mutual fund, yeah, a mutual fund is risk risky, but a user, for example, you as Ali, for example, you maybe maybe two years ago, you're bullish on electric cars. Be like, I, I believe electric cars are in the, are, are the future. Yeah. I really believe in Tesla. You would have maybe like bought 10 Tesla stocks and the, the stock have been like doing a phenomenal job in the last year or two. So it's it's um, it's not necessarily a gamble. You could do like a calculated risk, and will help users uh, to invest according to the risk in a very seamless manner, and in a way also that like you know like matches their values and like you know like uh, their concerns. I think it's I think it's awesome. I think my 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 key takeaway here is to talk about the education aspect of it because mm -hmm. and starting early is because uh, you know the earlier you are, then you 
you become less emotionally attached to your money and i think this is the key you should be you should not mm-hmm. be emotionally attached and I, and i mean i learned it the hard way a lot of people learn it the hard way so i think the less the farther away you you in like the farther away you are now from the point you invest the less emotionally you mm-hmm. attached you are to your money um I want to get into so because you've already an, asked answered my question about like people with no trading experience how you help them, mm-hmm. but with your co-founder and you as being like co-CEO, what mm-hmm. uh, just you know kind of briefly tell me what are the challenges that you guys face like a top level what are the challenges that you guys face to 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 reach where you are right now? Uh, it's all challenges like uh, right like we first started in New York we met in New- we met in New York actually uh, around two years ago uh, funny enough we met at an event at the Lebanese American University uh, uh, campus where like you know like they have a space in Manhattan it was a music event and we met there we ended up like sitting next to each other um, then we decided to tackle the space earlier this year um, we we came like you know like firsthand uh, across the struggle from like our friends uh, who are back like you know like in the region uh, and like their uh, their struggles like you know like to invest then we decided we we started studying like you know like the market uh, from like the US side then eventually when i got here i started like meeting with regulators uh, speaking with them what do i need to do um, how how to get over that from a challenging perspective you're trying to sell your vision uh, to regulators to people you want to hire uh, to investors whether vcs or angels so it's it's, it's a, a brutal experience a lot of people glorify Uh, entrepreneurship and like you know like they 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 make it like sound very rosy but it's uh, it's brutal like sometimes um you have like to stay up at night um sometimes i i uh, i have to take like you know like a call early in the morning uh with someone in dubai then like you know like a call at night with from with someone in california whether it's an investor or like you know like even like someone uh we could partner with from a tech standpoint uh so this is like uh, like the i would say like the challenges are basically um regulatory um uh funding as a startup you want to stay afloat afloat and like you know like make sure that you're sustainable in the long term and make sure like you know like even when you face hurdles uh and like you fall down you have like to come up as fast as possible and this is the most challenging uh part of startups um and then you have to be very passionate about like you know like the the problem you're trying to solve that you could dedicate a lot of hours um uh to 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 that like problem and this is this is uh, something yeah uh, for example i yeah i've known a lot of people who in, in startups or entrepreneurship before i even like you know like when i was like discussing this initially like the idea with them when back in the idea st- uh, stage be like uh, listen uh, just make sure you're very passionate about it because at some point you're going to be like super burnt out and what's going to like you know like get you over that is your passion about like you know like what you're building so this is i think it's a crucial part then uh from from another challenge uh we're uh, we're born uh out of the covid uh, 19 pandemic so our team is fully remote we actually uh operate out of four continents so it's it's very funny but it's like uh, i'm here in abu dhabi like our tech team is like in in different countries in egypt and um, uh, some parts of europe ali is in cyprus we have people in in, in the us and canada so it's like it's like sometimes it's like you know like the 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 virtual part of it is 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 uh tiring yeah, but at the yeah. same time as i was telling you like before uh before like you know like the, the uh, before recording it's it, it gives you access to more resources outside your your uh outside like for example outside the physical like the UAE, space yeah yeah or the physical f- space yeah, like yeah. when yeah when, when you're not restricted by by the country you're in and this is something that's uh, great about remote work but at the same time it's 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 uh, it's it's very very challenging from uh, a logistics standpoint from like uh, timing your meetings from um uh communication because you're not seeing the person face to face so it's uh, definitely like you know like challenging from that side yeah i'm 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 very very happy that you you shared very specifically what the challenges are um i'm glad that you did because i think you know um here on the show we try to kind of underline those let people understand mm-hmm. um you know if you're going into you know if you're working on something if you're planning to be an entrepreneur there's a lot of you know there's a lot of uh, challenges and, and and you're right people glorify this um this aspect of life and i think it's very important that you don't glorify the burnout as well because mm-hmm. people people they come and they say oh, yeah yeah i spent like uh, 18 hours straight working but i think 
and there was something that I learned again, and I've mentioned it previously on the show is mm. I learned it from the Instagram account uh, founder. And they said, like, if you, mm. there's some, somebody that was saying it, he said, if you burn out, there's no business. Um, it, it's, you, you know, your, your health is also important. You know, you need to, you can, you can manage that. But I think the other point that you mentioned, which I really want to underline again for everyone as a key takeaway from that question is, mm. um, the, the the challenge that you face which is when you are when you see a problem and especially in, in your field which is finance it's a lot of analytics a lot of numbers involved it's something's not really working plus there's coding i'm sure you know there's mm -hmm. a lot of coding as well involved i think if you find it challenging and you cannot seem to find a problem or you're not really super invested in your business you don't have the passion to fix it it's it can be very tough it can be very tough and very it will tough. lead you to fail and just not continue and um mm -hmm. you know that's and happened to me with some ideas that i may may have had and even with the podcast very different uh, stages where i was like right. i'm not gonna do the show now or i can't do this now mm -hmm. i'm not gonna think about it and, and i think it's very much managing your expectations but also managing mm -hmm. uh, the problem in itself, uh, especially you need to have that passion, like you said, I mm -hmm. agree with that. Mm -hmm. and, and speaking of failure, um, I think um, you, sh uh, you should be also like, you know, like very accepting of like not succeeding. I hate to say it failure because you learn yeah. a lot along the way. And yeah, yeah. Uh, something actually, uh, my co-founder Ali reminds me all the time, uh, uh, Bill Gates was turned down by Warren Buffett when he was like fundraising for Microsoft. And he had like to knock like, uh, I think, uh, he had to knock uh, thousands of uh, like not thousands like you know he reached like thousand investors and only like three or four invested in him and he made them super rich but he always reminds me of that it's like don't be too demotivated that happened to like you know like a yeah. guy that was like the richest man on earth uh for quite some time so it's um um and, and like to the audience in general i'd say um if you have an idea study it uh, execute but like you know like do your make sure it's like a um, uh, a smart, a smart, like, you know, like venture, like, you know, like you're doing it the smart way. And, um, um, like, um, look at failures as learning, uh, learning experience. This is what I, I would personally say. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm glad you said that. I mean, you know, p people who have been watching the show for a while now know that, uh, um, failure is part of the show. Failure is part of, <laughs> it's part of the message that I'm, you know, trying to say in every episode is that mm -hmm. you will le learn nothing from success. You will learn nothing from it. Actually, uh, you will learn. Yeah, you will learn nothing from success. And failure is mm -hmm. the part is is just a stepping stone to success. And I'm really mm -hmm. glad that you mentioned that story about Bill Gates because again, um, it's not just him. There's a lot of other big names, uh, you know, in the world mm -hmm. who have faced these challenges. And I'm not saying that you, you know, you might have the same mind as Bill Gates, but failure in one business venture means that you're probably going to succeed in something else. So just 100%. continue on the path that you've decided to take and um, just understand that, you know, without the failure in your life, uh, it's just, it's just another stepping stone. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that again on the same level, uh, wavelength. Mm -hmm. um, so, Abdulazim, we kind of reached, I want to say, the closing part. And, and mm -hmm. here I want to I I just do some key takeaways on who you are as, again, who you are as a person. What are your... So if you were not doing this, you know, what, or what do you do in your free time? You know, what is... I know you mentioned a couple of things, you know, about um, uh, painting, which is... Mm -hmm. uh, very interesting to see somebody who might have a right right brain very like strong right brain but at the same time have a, a very creative uh, left brain in terms of the painting um mm -hmm. and and building your network and i, I want to touch on like what are what are the away from finance what is what do you do you know what do you do um painting is something i enjoy doing i've been slacking off i'd say in the past year uh, i wouldn't say i'm very like good at uh, in painting, but like, you know, like I, um, um, it's something that like makes me like escape or like relax my brain for a little bit. Like, you know, like I would start a painting, like focus on it, like for like six hours and I'm completely like, you know, like, um, disconnected from everything else. So this is like what I enjoy the most uh, about painting. 
Uh, other stuff I enjoy doing, I really like reading. Uh, also something I've been slacking off. Uh, uh, I, I mostly read like, you know, like uh, public and uh, public economics or like uh, public policy stuff and like uh, uh, something of like, and history. This is something like I'm really like, you know, like keen on knowing more about. Um, I enjoy exercising. It's something that like, you know, like lets me uh, relax a bit, uh, release like some endorphins and like release my adrenaline and all of that. And it's like, it keeps me, it, like it helps me um, to stay calm uh, on like, you know, like, like mentally and like, you know, like um, um, it's something also like when you're excited and you have like a lot of uh, adrenaline, it's something like, you know, like that you could use uh, to push yourself. Um, but yeah, that's like, that's basically like, you know, like what I do like in, in my free time. Um, then I have like, you know, like ongoing and offgoing like hobbies, like, um, at a, at a, at a time of my life, I, I wanted to be like, um, um, uh, I was like really into architecture and I was really into like taking pictures of like, uh, old buildings or like different architecture, uh, styles. Uh, this died off a little bit. Um, then, um, then it's like, you know, like I, I, I do a lot of stuff that's like, you know, like unrelated, uh, as you said, like, you know, like. Uh, actually surprisingly like out of like a lot of people did never never like you know like expected me like to even like try painting uh be like i didn't see that side from you and it was it was like you know like a very interesting remark uh, to hear people say but it's um it's um it's good it's a good way uh to cope and it's a good way to um uh, relax I would say that I'm not like, yeah. I'm no way like, you know, like Picasso or like uh, Digger yeah, yeah. or anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I understand. It's just, uh, it's an outlet, yeah. which and an escapism, and, and, yeah, which, an is, outlet, yeah. which everyone yeah. should have, I think. And, and, and what's your, what's your investment strategy? Like, you know, what's, you know, personally, like when you, if you were personally investing, like, well, what do you follow the same philosophy as what we just talked about? Or are you, are you different? Uh, I'm, I'm saying like, uh, I'm, um, a long-term investor, the thing I never invested in crypto. So this is something I need to learn from you. Uh, a lot of friends told me, oh, you got to get into crypto, but it's something, um, the risk and the fluctuation in price is huge. I can't like, you know, like it's, I'm looking at it now and it looks like very promising. And it's actually, I believe in crypto as, um, as a way to, uh, democratize, like, you know, like uh, payment flow. Um, and like, you know, like finance and like, you know, like serve the underbanks, uh, like situation, uh, or like the population, the underbank population. Uh, but, uh, uh, the Bitcoin is like, I feel a lot of people, a lot of, um, uh, like not very well informed people, uh, put their money in and they end up like, you know, like just, um, helping like, you know, like the price rally and eventually like the bubble bursts. And like right now I'm seeing a lot of, um, hedge funds and like, you know, like a lot of, uh, uh, institutional investors are getting yeah. into crypto and they're trying to use like the, 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 in, like the retail investment momentum to make gains for their, uh, for their uh, investors and clients. Yeah. So yeah. this is something to keep in mind though, uh, when, when investing in crypto, um, in, 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 from like investing in stocks, um, I'm more of a long-term uh, investors. I, I believe in specific industries, um, like. Uh, personally speaking, like I invested in Square early on, um, I've done like some errors too, like, um, and it, it's sometimes like, you know, like it's like my economics background, uh, hits in. So earlier this year, um, like I, I looked at economics data and I believe the stock market will, will drop around like June or something. And so I pulled my investment out, but, uh, and I returned like, you know, like actually, I actually put my money back in early July, but I actually lost on in the momentum. Mm. And this is something I didn't expect. I was like, you know, like the, the unemployment numbers are coming up. They're going to increase. It's going to be like, um, a very, very high unemployment rate. And I think it had like 15, 20% and it was like, um, a massive uptick, but the market react the other way. Cause of like, you know, like the other, the other like trends when like, you know, like people are actually getting into retail investment. So this is something I didn't pick up on, uh, like this year, for example. But yeah, I, I look at it from like a long-term perspective. I'm a I'm a strong believer in technology, in advertising technology, financial technology, biotech. I'm a big uh, big into biotech. There is actually phenomenal like you know like progress and investment in that space, and a lot of smart companies. Yeah. Um, oil and gas. Oil and gas is down this year, but I um, I, I would take like a long-term position with shale. 
Yeah, it was just time yeah. to buy now. Full I disclaimer. Guess. Yeah, yeah. Full <laughs> disclaimer. Uh, don't use this as uh, investing. But of course, of course. <laughs> Nothing we say on like on people, the show. People will come to my yeah, yeah Instagram for sure. and be like, "Man, I lost a lot of money." You told but me to no, invest uh, here. Yeah, no. This the, exactly. You're right. Uh, disclaimer. <laughs> you know, not, exactly. <laughs> Nothing in the show is financial advice. Um. Okay, yeah. so I have I have two more questions for you. Um, yeah, please. Abdulazim, um, second to last is why, why did you decide to come on the show with me? Um, I love the show. First of all, like the messaging is great. Uh, I checked, I checked your Spotify and like, you know, like it's, um, it's very different. It's like, you get like, you know, like, um, um, uh, you host people from different backgrounds. And I really like that. You're not, you don't have like a one theme, like you, you, you would host like someone, I saw you hosted a teacher and she was like speaking about like, you know, like her experience during COVID-19, then you would host someone like, you know, like uh, who built like the first uh, board game in the UAE and yeah, someone was just, very artistic. Yeah. So it's like non-restrictive and it's very, it's like a medium, um, a medium from people from multiple disciplines and different disciplines to express themselves. And I really like the, uh, I really like the idea. Plus, uh, I listened to a few, a few, a few podcasts. They were like very, uh, uh, very real. Uh, it was like a very uh, genuine conversation. And I really like that. Well, thank you, uh, Abdulazim. I think this is, I, I'm, I'm trying to do that even, you know, in every show that I do. And I, I thank you for also being very sincere, especially when we're talking about, you know, finance, trading and your personal wealth and, and stuff like that. So I'm, I, I really thank you for that. Um, and, and, and my, la- my last question uh, mm-hmm. to you, Abdulazim, is do you have a question for me? Um, yeah, I would actually love to know about, you know, like your, what, what made you like come up with like, you know, like your podcast, the challenges so far and what would you, if I, if I were to start a podcast or a webinar uh, tomorrow, what advice would you give me? Awesome. That's, uh, yeah. I think that's the, that's it's, it's uh, also an entrepreneurship venture. Like it's not an easy thing course, to do. Like, I know people like who are like doing like, you know, cultural webinars and stuff. It's like hard to organize with, with, uh, with people and like get people like, you know, like to, to dial in and all of that. So it's like, uh, I would love, I would love to know more about your experience and, you know, like uh, your, your challenges. And stuff. Yeah. I, I would love to share that. I mean, I think from a, from a webinar perspective or when you're trying mm-hmm. to, regardless of whether it's a webinar or a live event, uh, sorry, like a virtual event, mm-hmm. any, any, any type of, um, gathering of people, you need to have an events mind you have to have a coordination mind my background Mm -hmm. is the same as you i've done economics Mm -hmm. in university as well so that's my background Mm -hmm. but i but my my career is different i work in events but when it comes Mm -hmm. to organizing um getting people together in a webinar you need to really have i mean i've never done a webinar i'm talking about you know bringing people together into one Mm -hmm. place it's very much you have to be you have to coordinate with people who are very good in their specific fields to make something mm-hmm. be be set up. You don't have to be the smartest person in the room, but you should mm-hmm. know who people's strengths are. That's a project manager's job. And then make sure that you can right. coordinate these people together and then put on something that everyone's going to learn from or they're going to mm-hmm. be uh, enjoy about. So I think my my advice would say is you need to um, or let's say you have to put up with basically um, coordinating different uh, types or different types of people and working with different types of people to kind of make make them come to a certain place at a certain time it's very much giving the information telling them this is the time doing some marketing uh, making sure mm-hmm. everything works technically i'm talking about from a virtual perspective right um of course, yeah you know um sending them the link on time giving them information on time all that different stuff and you have a rundown of what's going to be happening you know, what's the agenda it's going to be like? It's like setting up a meeting, right? It's like a normal right. business meeting, but at the same time, you're catering to specific people and they're, they have a certain level of expectation and you just have to live with the fact that you don't know what that expectation is and you need to always mm-hmm. exceed that expectation. I think for us on the podcast, I think some of the challenges um, that we face is, and I've said it before, is that consistency it's working also working as a team. I said before, it's kind of a challenge as well, because, mm-hmm. you know, everybody has either a job or they have their other passions and it's, it's very much juggling. I'm very much an advocate of you can do both or you can, mm-hmm. you can, uh, you can focus as well, but I, I like to 
be a bit busy in these different areas. And I think that's a challenge. That's why I resonated a lot with you when you said, you know, if there's a, if you're passionate about something, you will find the solution. And I think um, very much a lot of the challenges that I had faced this year um, due to COVID um, we faced like as a team is the fact that um, I had to make a decision. It was either I'm not going to do live shows and just mm -hmm. stop every single show and not going to release any content or I was going to make the decision that, you know what, content is content. If it's, if it's uh, you know, on a Zoom call or if it's, you know, virtual, it's better than nothing. And, mm -hmm. you know, we had a challenge of launching our new brand, which you are now obviously a part of. And, and yeah. it, there was a decision to kind of make that decision that uh, we're going to launch and these are the shows that we're going to record, or I'm just going to sit and do nothing and wait, you know, until I, um, until I, you know, this whole thing blows over. And, and I think this is, you know, the kind of the main challenge that I, I faced here in, in, in kind of like 2020, I think this is the main challenge that we faced as a team, especially I haven't seen them, you know, in a really long time as well. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it really helps to kind of be close to, uh, your friends and and we are all here like we're all in the UAE so it, it's not across countries or continents like you so and I think and the last thing to touch on for you is if you want to start a podcast tomorrow it's that easy it's really that easy and I don't think anyone should think that doing this is a it's a very um, I don't think it's a very difficult thing where the difficulty comes from is really investing in yourself, investing in the show, investing in doing your research and, and working on yourself. You can easily start for some people. That's the challenge. And, and you mentioned that show right. episode 22, which was the first Emirati board game. He has the same philosophy. It, the most important thing is that you have to do is to start. You need to start. Once you start, that's the first stepping stone. And, if there's something you want to talk about, you want to be very specific on your show, your podcast, it's as easy as that. You can just get, you know, a mic, you can just talk and record it. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you just post it on any hosting platform and it's, it's out there. And I think, again, I really want to stress this fact. The first work you put out is never going to be your best. It's just, you know, if you, there's that another saying, and I, I also know this from founder, it's I think one of those mag magazines that they, they had is that if you've, um, if you, I think your pro uh, product is, is perfect, you've launched too late, you know, it, it's 100% actually. Yeah. If, if it's something is perfect, it, you, you know, you've, you've, you've launched too late. And the most important thing is one of the most important things I wouldn't say the most is you need to be relevant and you need to start. So you need to. You need to just begin. So I would say to you, you know, there's there's really no no nothing standing in your way uh, of starting um, a platform for you to share your information or knowledge with other people. Um, you know, that's that's what I would that's how I would answer that question. No, great to hear. It's a lot of like you know like insightful uh, points. Yeah. So anyone anyone who wants to start a podcast, start now. Yeah, just start now. There's yeah. there's no, there's nothing holding you back but yourself. Um, yeah, and actually, I think it's uh, people. People uh, um, think like you know, like people like uh, like when you're trying to host people in a podcast or a webinar, uh, people would be unresponsive and wouldn't like get back to you. Uh, I think from my experience, uh, most people would be very happy to help. So if anyone is starting a, any any venture in general, like if you reach out to someone, be like, um, listen, I love what you're doing. I would love to have you on a podcast. Um, I think you have a shot. Yeah, yeah, I, I, you know, this, you know, I don't want to go super deep into it, but this is, I would yeah. say, this is, if you know, there's so many people out there. That's kind of the philosophy of the show. There's so many people mm -hmm. out there, um, and I was kind of, I want to say, yeah, I was kind of like maybe afraid or worried that if I reach out to somebody, mm -hmm. they might say no, they might not want to be part of the show and stuff like that. You have nothing to lose. You know, you can just tell them, mm -hmm. ask them. If they say no, you, you know, there's always somebody else and i think you learn no more from the no than the yes so so i think you just you just you know keep going and and you know we've built you know kind of like a platform where a lot of the guests have shared the same feelings and and if you watch any of the shows you can really feel that um just the potential is is within you you know there's 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 nothing holding you back absolutely mm -hmm. and uh, absolutely. and with that uh, abdulazim i just want to say um 
you know, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show, talking personal, personal, yeah, pers- mm-hmm. personal stuff about you, talking about finance, uh, talking about your venture and the challenges you face. It's been an absolute mm-hmm. pleasure. Uh, do you have any last words? No, thank you so much, uh, Ali, uh, for having me on the show. It was like, you know, like uh, pleasure is mine. Um, and best of luck, you know, like um, uh, with the show. Like I love the messaging and it's uh, great seeing you like, you know, like passing the 1000 follower mark uh, on Instagram. So hopefully you'll reach like uh, a million very soon. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for that, really. And, and, and I want to, again, thank you so much for being on the show. And it was an, it was an absolute, absolute pleasure. I want to sign us off. This has been the Nobody's Famous podcast with the one and the only Abdelazim Atouhi. I wish you the best of luck in your venture. And I hope by the time this, <laughs> you, know, you know, in a few months time, you know, we will see, you know, we're going to be on your trading platform. We're going to be supporting you all the way. So thank you so much. This has been the Nobody's Famous podcast. You can find us on Anrami, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, all those good platforms. And you can watch us on YouTube and uh, we'll be with you all the way.